Hi, this is your host, Pete Bloom. Welcome to American Heroes Network. Our core mission is serving the brave men and women who have sacrificed to ensure our freedom. You will hear true stories from those that have served, learn about veteran organizations and resources, and gain hope for your future knowing American Heroes Network, your community, and other veterans are here and at the ready to serve and help you and your family. We will talk about the hard topics like PTSD and TBI. You will also hear military history, inspirational stories, learn about networking with the community, and more. So come join us and be part of our family. Today's guest is a retired Army combat veteran, mother of two teenagers, and a military spouse. So she's experienced life from both perspectives. She's personally had to deal with PTSD, anxiety, and depression. But out of that, she was determined to help others. She created and is the CEO and founder of A Wild Ride Called Life. I would like to welcome Annette Wittenberger. Annette, thank you for serving, and how are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to give everybody just a little bit more of a background on you than that. So I wanted to just throw out a couple facts. I wanted them to know that you spent 20 years living the Army life, so you know all about it, as mm -hmm. I mentioned, from both sides of the fence, basically. I wanted everyone to know that you are also a mentor with Veterati, and so am I, so awesome. You are an e-mentor for the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, which is TAPS, what everybody knows it by. And I think that's really awesome because I think they're a great organization. And I wanted everybody to know that you have a BA in psychology because there's knowledge behind what you're doing. You're not just kind of winging it. So I right. thought that that was really important to share. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what you did in the military. So I was a chemical officer. But I didn't really focus on that a whole lot. There were some years where I did, but I spent most of my time working in training and operations, and just making sure soldiers were trained to deploy and making sure that all of the logistical side of the house was on point. I was a company commander. I was a battalion executive officer, and I loved every minute of it. Awesome. That's really great. I really enjoyed my time in, too. I didn't do the full 20, though. I got out at 11, so you got me beat on that one. <laughs> but we all got our own story, though, right? Yes, and you serve, so that's commendable. <laughs> yeah. So when you transitioned out of the military, would you say that it was easy or hard for you? For me, it was very difficult. I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was, and I believe that everything that I had held in during my time in, all the things that had happened to me, that's when it all came to light. and. I suffered severely from depression. I felt like I lost my identity. So it was a really hard transition. You know, I'm not really too surprised to hear you say that because so many military personnel that get out have told me that they felt important when they were in the military. Right. And they felt like they had a family when they were in the military. And then they got out and they just felt alone and like they didn't matter anymore. It's something I think that we face in all the branches of service when we get out just because if the transition isn't done correctly, if you don't do all the things that you really need to do, then that's what happens because you don't yes. really know. Yes, absolutely. So what was it that caused you to start a wild ride called life? When I fell into this depression, the loss of identity, feeling like I didn't have a purpose anymore, I started to talk to former soldiers that I had had from way back when, and they were telling me that they had experienced some of the similar feelings that I had had. And so that's when I realized that I wasn't alone. And so I started to write about it. And for me, that was therapeutic. But after a while, I 
knew that I needed to get out of this somehow. And that's when I started the blog. And that's when I decided to publish it for everyone to see. And it was very scary because those that didn't know that I was dealing with it, now they were going to know. So it was hard to write it all out because I had fear of judgment still. And I think after a year, I was like, I don't care. This is me. I'm not going to let it define me. It's just part of who I am. And I wanted to try to help other people. So what started as a blog and you getting your own feelings out there so that you can express them and feel better and heal turned into you basically helping others. And do you do it a lot? Is it something that happens all the time? Are you helping people daily, weekly? I do. You know what? It depends. Now that I've shared it on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, I've had people reach out to me through my website or through Instagram saying, thank you for being so vulnerable. I needed to hear this today, or I look forward to your post or things like that, that actually really kind of surprised me because sometimes if you make a post and you don't get the like, or you don't get the comment, you start to feel like, was anybody reading this? And I started to feel that I really was helping people because there are people always watching. There's always somebody listening and reading and you don't know who you're going to help. You don't know who needed to hear what you had to say. So it's just random. It could be every day. It could be three times a week. It doesn't matter. There's people out there. They need to know that they're not alone in this. Yeah, and often I think that you don't really know when. You don't really know who's listening, and you're absolutely right because, honestly, what it boils down to is a lot of us, especially those who may have been through something who don't talk about it, we have those feelings inside, but we don't express them and we're out there lurking. So they may be lurking and seeing what you're doing and being like, uh, you know, that sounds similar. Right. And that might be what the thing is that opens them up in the first place. So that is very good. You know, that kind of goes right into, so tell me about your mission. What is your goals for helping others? So my mission is to end the stigma on mental health. Like I said, to show people that they're not alone, uh, to stop suicide because of it all meshes together. The stigma, the fear of feeling judged and not wanting to talk about it and not knowing how to talk about it. And so that's why I'm here to show people that I'll tell them everything they want to know about what I've gone through in life and how I made it out and how I got here today. So I will go speak anywhere. I will tell anybody anything. I'm an open book now, and but it's taken me a long time to get here. It hasn't been easy, but I want to show people that you can do it. So it sounds like over your own experiences now, you pretty much are able to kind of like talk them through the steps or formulate some kind of plan or something like that? Yes. So I do. I really try to help them find their passion in what they want to do. Because sometimes they, when they lose their identity, they don't feel like they have a purpose. So I help them find their purpose. We all have some desire, but we're scared to do it. And so I always encourage when they're ready to share their story because I have two mothers that I live by. Your mess is your message and it's okay to not be okay. So I encourage them to share their story because you never know who needs to hear it. And just trying to stay accountable for your actions and for what you want to do. I have lists everywhere. So I always write down what I want to do because it helps you work towards your goals. And I don't know if anybody follows Rachel Hollis, but she's really big on writing stuff down. But I firmly believe in that. If you write it down and you see it, it makes you accountable to do it. And you need to stay organized. You need to make sure that you have all your steps written down in place and follow those steps. Identifying your goals and working towards what you want to do, that also really helps you. 
So once you find your passion and you have somebody that's cheering you on and motivating you to do it, that makes all the difference in the world. So if you find an accountability partner, like uh, a mentor or just somebody else that is like-hearted or like-minded, that makes such a big difference in helping you reach those goals. People need help in all different kinds of areas of their life. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, my spouse is gone and I just can't handle the kids anymore to, you know, something serious happened and it's, you know, a PTSD situation. So in your experience, what do you kind of focus on? Do you focus on PTSD or do you try to kind of cover everything with your knowledge? I try to cover a little bit of everything because it all... There's so many pieces to this puzzle that result to that. And, you know, we just try to talk through it and figure out what exactly is going on. Sometimes it's anxiety and they're stressing out and they don't know what to do. They feel lost. But, you know, once we find our tribe, once we find our people that we are close to, it makes it a little bit easier to get through the hard times. Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners, do you want to share your story today and say why you got started? Yeah, I um I experienced assault when I was in the army. I didn't say anything because I was young and this was 20 years ago and I was just raised to be, you know, tough, hold your head up high, don't let them see you sweat, you know, just move on. So that's what I did. And the further along I was in my career, the more I started to see a change in myself into where I just became more independent, but I hid everything deep inside. I just became a different person. So when it came time to, when I left my family, there was no more of that camaraderie. I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. So when I woke up each day, it was like, what am I going to do? I don't have to show up to formation. I don't have a meeting. It was like all these things that I stressed about. I didn't have to stress about it anymore. And you would think that'd be a good thing, but sometimes you feel lost between deployments I was deployed twice and, and losing soldiers. And then, you know, you knew people that committed suicide, all that stuff. It just gets to you. And I think it was just all a dump at the end to where it was just uncontrollable. These feelings that I didn't know what to do with because I tried to be strong for so long. So it's very hard for people to do that. If you're scared to talk to somebody or ask for help, it's going to eat you up. So I'm trying to help people to know that, it's okay to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with you. Everybody needs to talk to somebody and there's nothing wrong with it. Right. And, you know, on social media, I know that there are groups out there like on Facebook and stuff where, you know, people can go and talk to like-minded people and that's good. But, you know, it's often very important, like say when you were going through all this and you transitioned out and you said it felt like it was all dumping on you at the same time. I mean, did you have a certain person that you talked to? Did you have a mentor that helped you or... Was it just the blogging that really made you feel better? I did. I had a friend from high school that I was able to reach out to. But I think when we're in that state of mind, nobody understands. We're so engulfed in all these feelings that we think no one else understands. So I didn't really reach out to anybody because nobody's going to understand how I feel. They don't get it. And so that was hard. After a while, I had to learn to, you know, I need to say something. Because I'm going to lose my mind and I have kids and they're seeing it and I didn't want to be that type of role model for them. I didn't want them to see that it's bad to feel sad because it's not. You can rise above it, but at that time, that's not how I was feeling. And, you know, coming out of the military, another thing is, is that 
you know, in the military, it's kind of like you do as you're told, you don't complain. Mm -hmm. And if you do complain, or in your case, if you came out and said, you know, hey, this situation happened, mm -hmm. then that follows you around. And you're like, you got a black cloud over you. So what do you do? You bottle it up. And it sounds like that's what you did, which probably is another thing that makes it like a pressure cooker that when you transitioned, it all blew up. Yes, absolutely. There was a lot of factors. I didn't want a cloud over my head. I didn't want to lose my clearance. I didn't want to be moved. I didn't want any of these things to happen. So I just keep it inside and do what you're told. Yeah, and that's tough. You know, the military can be good. It can be a great family, but, you know, yes. I guess there are certain aspects of it that, you know, what do you do in that situation? It makes it really tough. Yes. So what you're doing now and, and the people that you're helping, do you tend to, to find yourself, you know, being a veteran, helping more veterans or the fact that you're a spouse helping more spouses? Or is it almost like you help both? I help both. There's a mix. I did focus on veterans because that's who reached out to me more. But there are so many military spouses out there that also going through depression because of this lifestyle. So we tend to forget about them. And so I talk to them, absolutely, because I see it from this side now. So I feel that now that I've seen both sides, I can see, I can see why. I was a military spouse, but I was so focused on being a soldier that it was like I forgot. It's tough. So I speak to both. And you're actually still in that role right now, right? You're a 20-year Army veteran, but now you are a spouse and your spouse is still in the military, right? Yes, he's still in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you still got to deal with all those different kinds of situations. Um, I do. Do you know if you're on your last duty station or has he got a long way to go too? He could retire, <laughs> but he still has another few years to go because he just got selected for promotion and for command. So we just, I don't want to say we do what we're told, but we go, <laughs> we, we just continue to support. <laughs> so he's got another four or five years. So would you say at this point that you're looking forward to it finally coming to an end? Or are you still okay with this lifestyle? I love what the Army has done. I mean, it's made me who I am now, regardless of what has happened. I love soldiers. I love military spouses. I love veterans. So I don't mind it so much. But I, when we do actually get to settle down and just stay in one house, it'll be a relief. It'll be sad. But it'll be a relief as well because I'm just tired of still having boxes that are not going to ever be unpacked. The reason I ask that is because your answer is something that everyone else who is nearing the end of that needs to consider as well. And yeah. basically the one who's serving and the spouse of that person, you know, they need to sit together and decide, oh, you know, it's time. We're getting out. What are we going to do? Do we have the help that we need? Are we lining it up in advance? Do we have a community and a network out there? Do right. we have people like you that they can talk to? You know, they have something they need to talk about. So, yes, you know, I want them all to think about that now before they get out. So they're doing it in advance. Oh, yeah, they really do. I mean, it financially, you know, spiritually, mentally, you need to be prepared when it is time to close that chapter. So for you, you know, starting up a wild ride called life, this is your passion now and helping others is your passion. What would you say is the key to your success with a wild ride called life? Oh gosh. I think just the people that I have in my life, honestly, the people that I've crossed paths with that have been with me on this journey from the beginning to now and have seen what I've gone through. 
and I have faith in God, all of that has helped me to be where I'm at. It really has. I couldn't have done it without all their support and their encouragement because there's times where I wanted to just say, I can't do this anymore. So you're basically saying for you to be successful and keep going with this mission, it takes a family. It takes a group of people helping each other and leaning on each other. And I guess that network's really important, right? It is. And I mean, it took me a while to open up and speak out, but I forgot who I've had there in my life because I was so focused on myself in my depression. But it takes a village. It takes a tribe. It takes family. And for me, God, to put me where I'm at. What is one of the most important things that you would like to communicate to transitioning military veterans and spouses? I think to keep an open mind and just be prepared. It's all going to work out. We all have those fears and we have doubts and, you know, we're just scared. But I think if you have an open mind and you communicate and you try to reach out, it's always going to work out the way that it's supposed to. And you said earlier too, and I think Definitely, this is part of it. They shouldn't be ashamed of their story. That's really important, right? Absolutely, yes. I encourage everyone when they're ready to share their story because you don't know who needs to hear it. We all have our own experiences. We all have advice to give, uh, encouragement. We need to be there for each other. So it is important to share what you can when you're ready. So as you're doing this, as it grows and as you help more people, do you find yourself mostly chatting with people on social media? Do you find yourself talking to people on the phone and helping them? Or do you actually go and do speaking engagements? Or are you planning on doing speaking engagements? I have done speaking engagements. I plan on doing more, but I also talk to them on the phone and through social media. So there's all kinds of ways to contact me. So you got them covered all the way around. That's awesome. I do, and I love it. <laughs> So for transitioning veterans and their families who might need help, who are going through something and they didn't think there was anybody to talk to, or they just don't really know what to do because this is the first time they're dealing with transitioning out of the military after 20 years, right? What kind of action items list would you give them? I begin with sharing their story. That way they can help other people who are going through the same thing. Even though we all have a different story to tell, you never know who's going to need to hear it. Definitely don't be afraid to share your story. Staying accountable, I think, is one of the biggest things that's helped me is writing things down, making a list. It has helped me work towards my goals by seeing it on paper, in front of me, just anywhere. No pad, on the window, on the mirror, wherever. That way, you know what you're working towards. Staying organized, that's always a big thing. I used to have paper scattered all over the place, but I had to have folders for different things. I have a notepad for a certain thing, a folder for a certain thing. I even have those document protectors. <laughs> so I think that's helped me stay organized. Also, absolutely identifying your goals and working towards them. Find that passion that lights your soul on fire and go for it. A lot of people are afraid. They have these great ideas in their head like I did. And they're afraid that someone's going to say, oh, that's crazy. They're going to be judged. If that's what lights your soul on fire, then do it. Go for it. Try it out. And if you fail, just get back up again and try something else. But don't have regrets on, well, I should have or what ifs. You know, that's really great advice. And it's totally true because every entrepreneur who's out there that started a business probably tried to start three other ones first. Right. right? <laughs> 
So I, I totally get that. And I've heard many people speak on that particular subject. And you only really fail if you don't try. Yes. And it's scary. I did that. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. No one's going to care. No one's going to listen. But you don't know if you don't try. And now another thing, I just kind of got to comment on it. But, you know, you talked about getting organized and I'm like that, too. I like to be organized. And maybe it's that's a military thing that stuck with me <laughs> after I got out. But, you know, you're talking about like notes all over the place and putting them in folders and protectors and all that. I've gone technical. I like the technology thing. So you ever heard of OneNote? Yes. Yes, I have. I use that for everything. I've got all my tabs in OneNote. So I think I saw it for like seven ninety nine. so it was worth it. Oh, yeah. When you get it, if I think it's like 10 bucks, but it comes with Word, PowerPoint, all that other stuff, and OneNote. And all these tools come together. And I'll tell you what, I've got so many things in OneNote. It's just really a great tool. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because I've been using Google Drive, Google Slides, and Google Docs, <laughs> but I have not tried OneNote. That's great. Now, you were talking about starting a podcast. And is the podcast going to have the same name as you have now? It is not. It's actually called The Truths We Hide. Ah, <laughs> stories that we're afraid to tell. You're going to drag it out of people, aren't you? <laughs> I, You know, only if they're comfortable. I talk to them ahead of time <laughs> and ask them for that one. What is that one truth that, you know, we often hide or that you hide? And yeah, it's brought up some good conversation. We'll be interested to hear how that goes and uh, definitely uh, follow in that because I want to hear some of those interesting topics too. I, you know, also saw mention if you're still doing this, I'd like to hear a little bit about it, but you're the CEO of Veterans Story Project. Is that correct? Yes. So I started that a couple years ago. I, I had an idea in mind of collecting stories from veterans and then uh, eventually compile that into a book. So I'm still working on that. I still have stories coming in, but um, it's hard for people to talk about. So I'm still working on that. That's my goal. <laughs> so that is collecting stories of what people have been through who have been in the military and then putting them into a book and sharing all their stories. Yes. That's very interesting because some people want to keep it private and some people were like, you know, I think the world needs to know. So that should uh, be a good read, actually. Um, the CEO of American Heroes Network is a Vietnam veteran and he's got a story to tell, too, from, you know, the days in being in Vietnam. A lot of times when they came back, it was all nobody wanted to hear anything. And, you know, people right. weren't very kind to them. So those stories are much more remarkable than, you know, anything you might have ever heard because nobody talked about it till now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My father-in-law was in Vietnam and it took him 30 years to finally share a story. It's hard for him. Yeah. And it's basically because of the way they were treated. Right. They didn't feel like, you know, well, I'll just hide that part of me, put it away, put it in a footlocker and never talk about it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's very sad. Very, very sad. So what is the best way for people to contact you if they want to reach out? Well, you can contact me through my website, awildridecalllife.com, or at awildridecalllife at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, you know, the potential is that you could have people contacting you for help, or maybe they'll even contact you because they've got a really good story for you that you could add to your book. So either way, I hope they do reach out to you, and I wish you the best of luck in continuing to help people. And we're going to have to keep in touch so we can find out how things go for you in the future. I wanted to say thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And we'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to keep coming back each week for more great episodes. If you want to talk about something you learned today, if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on Contact Us. Thank you for listening.